0: Hey y'all, it's Janice. Welcome to the Dirty Diversity Podcast. This is a place where we will be exploring equity, racism and diversity. I am a DEI consultant, educator, writer and professor who strives to center my work around the liberation of black folks globally. More specifically, I examine and unpack how we can create structures that support the most marginalized folks in the workplace. This is a podcast where I will share my thoughts on all things diversity, equity, inclusion, racism, anti-racism, and black liberation. My goal is to stimulate your mind and shift you to think in a way that you've never considered before. This podcast will feature my thoughts as well as the perspectives of different folks doing related work. If you want to learn more, Pick up my best-selling books, Dirty Diversity and The Pink Elephant, where I explore workplace equity in more detail. Thank you for listening. Hi, y'all. Jay Nice on the mic, back with another episode of the Dirty Diversity Podcast podcast. When this episode goes up, it will be one day until my book release. It'll really be like a few hours before my book releases. So I'm so excited if y'all haven't pre-ordered yet, you by the time you listen to this, you should now be able to order my book Decentering Whiteness in the workplace. I am so excited that it is finally here. Um, I'm just, like, so happy and exhausted. It's been a whirlwind. I, like, keep burping because I, my mom made me some banana bread. (sighs) Recently, I saw, I got to see my parents, and my mom knows I love banana bread, and she made me some, and I don't know, something in it, like, kind of makes me burp, so... (laughs) um excuse the burping that you may hear in this episode but uh the link to pre-order my book is in the show notes i'm so excited that it is finally here for those of you who are not on linkedin if you are interested in getting a breakdown of my book decentering whiteness chapter by chapter i will be on linkedin and i think you have to have a linkedin account to watch linkedin lives anyone correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are interested in watching, make sure that you sign up for LinkedIn. It's completely free. Just if not for anything else, just for the purpose of watching the LinkedIn lives. Um, But every week starting on October 31st, Halloween, I will be doing a chapter by chapter breakdown of my book, Decentering Whiteness in the Workplace. I'm so excited about these breakdowns because I poured a lot into this book. And I, I would definitely say it's, I poured, yeah, I poured a lot into this book. There was a lot of edits that went into it. And because I went through a traditional publisher versus self-publishing, it was an added level of just work (laughs) that I had to do that I didn't have to do previously with my self-published works. So... I am just so excited for y'all to get your hands on it. Thank y'all for those of you who have pre-ordered the book so far. And for those of you listening who are in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, on October 26th, Thursday, October 26th, I'm having a book release party in New York City. The link to get your tickets are in the show notes. If you're listening to this after October 25th, uh, which is when ticket sales close, You can always join the LinkedIns, which are happening, the LinkedIn lives, which are happening every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time. So I am coming off of a recording that I did with my good sis Kina Reed. We have a show on LinkedIn. We do this like monthly LinkedIn live show on the Thursday, the last Thursday. Of every month and this thursday or the thursday this month is kind of hectic because it's the book release party so we decided to forego recording live and we pre-recorded and i just wanted to talk a little bit about this not necessarily about what's happening between israel and palestine because if you follow me on social media i think you have an understanding of where I stand and, you know, I always stand on the side of, of the marginalized and of marginalized and oppressed people, but it's this idea of like black folks needing to be allies, right? And this expectation of allyship from the black community. So I just wanted to share my thoughts about that a little bit, um, for today's episode. So I've seen a lot of conversations online, and what is frustrating to me as a black woman is that I I feel like a lot of times when there are issues that involve other communities, non-black communities, there's often an expectation that black people and black women will be the mouthpieces of any movement or of any group, and when black women aren't shouting from the rooftops in support of a particular group or cause, we are told that we're being silent and that we are that we are complicit, essentially, right? And I think, you know, y'all just got to listen to, and I'll post a link. When will I post a link? Because it's not going to be available yet, but... Let's see if I'll remember. I'm going to try to remember to post a link to our show once it's live because we get more into this in our LinkedIn live show, JK No But For Real. But it's just frustrating because I feel like oftentimes when there are these blanketed statements of why aren't you as a black person supporting me or my cause, I don't think people consider that as malcolm x once said black black women in particular are the most unprotected and disrespected group in america and i would even argue globally black people are denigrated and disrespected in a way that is probably more severe than any other racialized community and so i think that the these calls for black women's solidarity don't take into consideration that we lack the protection and the safety and we are not given the grace, right? And so a lot of black women that I know and that I've spoke with have expressed hesitance and reticence when it comes to speaking up about Israel and Palestine because they don't wanna say the wrong thing. And I think that that's a very real concern because when black people and when black women specifically make statements, if there is, when we make mistakes rather, I think that the public is much more harsh with us. No one handles us with kitten gloves, right? And I think that we see this magnified with the conversations right now around Jada Pinkett Smith. And for those of you who are not familiar, Jada Pinkett Smith is married to the superstar movie behemoth, Will Smith, who we all know. And she actually, ironically, her book, I thought it was coming out the same day as my book, but it came out last week. Um, I think her book is called Becoming. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me look it up. But Jada Pinkett Smith uh, is coming or came out, rather, with the new book. And the book deals with her journey and just everything that she has experienced oh i'm thinking of michelle obama becoming is michelle obama jada Pinkett smith's book is called worthy and um so yeah i don't know where i got <laughs> becoming is definitely michelle obama um so in this book and i plan on getting it or getting the aud- audio book actually and now that i reminded myself i have some extra credits on Audible, so I'm definitely getting the audiobook. And yes, the audiobook will be available for my book, Decentering Whiteness in the Workplace. It should be available in a few weeks. But Jada Pinkett Smith essentially talks about how she never, according to like what I've seen in headlines, I haven't read the book, but it seems like she reveals that she never really wanted to get married and felt pressured into marriage by Will Smith. And I think that there's a lot of vitriol when it comes to Jada Pinkett Smith, and a lot of men, but more specifically, a lot of black men, have hurled this hatred to or at Jada Pinkett Smith. And I, th- I say all that to say, I think that when black women share our truths, we aren't given the same grace, and, and um, we're not given, we're not treated the same as our counterparts, So when a black woman DEI practitioner refuses to make a statement about a geopolitical issue that they feel like they're not as well versed in, then I think that the calls to cancel that person or the calls that, you know, just the posts that I've seen from folks who are saying your silence is violence, I don't think take into consideration that unlike what happened after the murder of George Floyd, where there was this binary between white folks and black folks, there is this, the two marginalized groups, or two groups that have experienced marginalization. One group has been more marginalized than another and has experienced land theft and colonial violence and all the things that come with colonization and white supremacy culture, right? And both groups have been marginalized And it's an issue that is, like I said, a geopolitical issue that some people feel like they're not as well versed in. And I've seen attacks come to black women who are engaged in anti-oppression work and people saying, why haven't you spoken up about this or about this? And it's different, right? Like if I am a white person who witnessed the reemergence or resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement in the summer of 2020, Me using my power and my privilege as a white person to speak out is different and will garner a different reaction than me as as a black woman who has very little protection, who is most harmed, who doesn't have the safety as my counterparts speaking up. And I say all this to say, although me, my personal politic, is that I will always speak up on behalf of the marginalized communities and oppressed communities, right? I'm always on the side of justice. And that to me means siding with and standing in solidarity with the most marginalized. I don't fault any black DEI practitioners, anti-oppression practitioners, any black folks, period, that are like, I don't feel like making a statement about this, right? I think it's a Different thing when you're not a celebrity, you're not a public figure, you're a regular person making a living. And a lot of times people don't speak out, like I said, because A, they feel like they are not well-versed in this particular issue. And I know that the rebuttal to that is some folks who have said, it's not that complicated, right? What's happening between Israel and Palestine is not complicated. That's what I hear people saying. Right. But then when I see black folks who have posted about it, if they've made a mistake and misnamed something or called something some, you know, or said said the wrong thing, essentially, they get attacked. There's no grace given to black women. And so I think that it's not that it's complicated. It's just that if I post about it and I'm not as well versed as I think I am. I will be attacked and there will be no grace shown to me and I will add to the harm. That's number 1, right? Where a lot of black women feel like um or some black women I've spoken with feel like I'm not that well versed in this issue. Number 2, and for me like I've posted about my stance I guess on Israel and Palestine and Excuse me, (laughs) banana bread again. Um, I've said it on on social media and I'll say it. I'm in solidarity with Palestine. But I haven't been like, I haven't, I've been posting as much on Instagram because I have been doing a lot of traveling and book promo stuff. So I've just been like kind of overwhelmed with that. But I felt like on Instagram, I had nothing new to add to the conversation. And I think that if I don't have anything new to say or novel or interesting to add, I don't need my voice to be centered. As a writer, I have adopted this stance when it comes to current events. When something happens, if there are writers who've already written my thoughts and explained my thoughts or something I would say, I don't need to add to the conversation, right? And I think I don't need to center myself and... In a, in a conversation that is, is, my voice isn't needed, I'm not saying anything new. So I think that's the second reason why some black DEI practitioners have not been outspoken about what's happening between Israel and Palestine, right? And I would say that there are some people who feel like speaking out will cost them. And some people aren't willing to bear the cost that speaking out against one group and being in support and solidarity with another group may may, um, may cost them essentially, right? And I would say, we have to we don't know a person's rationale for not wanting to post or not posting. And I, my question is like, when did social media become the metric for caring about a social issue? or activism, right? I don't think, me personally, I'm just one person, but Janice doesn't think posting on social media is activism, because what does that, what does that, what action does that inspire people to take? I do think there are exceptions. If I am a public figure or someone with a really large following and I post about something that people don't know about, I'm bringing visibility and awareness to an issue that is absolutely important. But when it comes, you know, in my opinion, when it comes to this particular situation with Israel and Palestine, I just think that, you know, the visibility is there. People understand what's going on, even though some people, you know, it's a lot to understand the history of this particular region and what's been happening. But I feel like, this whole expectation that black women are are the mammies and have to save and have to speak on behalf of and have to post, and if they don't post, silence is violence and you're being complicit. I don't think it really applies. I don't think you can blanket statement in this particular case because I think that a white person being silent and not using their power and their privilege to advance a particular cause is vastly different from the most marginalized community, which is black women, not speaking out. I think there's a number of reasons why black folks and black women don't speak out. And I'm not saying that every instance is okay, right? Because I think if someone is worried about, worried about the consequences that'll come or the backlash or getting canceled, I don't know if I align with that. I don't align with that, but I understand not feeling safe and feeling like harm will come to you and your family. And I think we have to understand before labeling and broad brushing people and saying your silence is violence, we have to be more nuanced in our understanding and in our our conception of this particular issue, right? I understand that it's important for us all to come together as a community to speak out against injustice and to speak out against mistreatment and ethnic cleansing and marginalization and the harm that's coming to a particular disenfranchised community. But I think that we also have to be nuanced and understand that there's more layers to it than just if you don't post on social media, you're part of the problem. Because I mentioned this in the LinkedIn Live that I did with my friend Kina. I don't, think social, I don't think posting on social media is activism. Just like there are lots of folks that have BLM in their bios and they're anti-black. And there's a lot of folks that posted black squares uh, on, you know, a Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday, June 4th, after the murder of George Floyd. And there's a lot of folks that posted black squares that are anti-black. And so I don't think you posting means anything. And so I think during these times, it's really important that we're prioritizing and asking those directly impacted, what is it that they need to feel supported, to feel safe, to feel cared for? How can we help? And I don't know if What is needed right now is a million of us just posting things to say that we posted it and to virtue virtue signal and to say, see, I care about these issues because I posted, right? And so I think that there's other ways that we could use our time and our energy and our effort to advance and to support the causes that are equity and justice driven. And I don't know if the pathway to liberation is posting on social media. I I would argue that it's not, right? And so I just wanted to get that out. Those are, that's, this is my thoughts on what I've been seeing, the narratives and the discourse I've been seeing unfold on social media, particularly on LinkedIn. And I just wanted to provide my thoughts as a black woman who I have spoken out against what's happening and in solidarity and support of Palestine. I've received hate mail in my inbox for it. And I also at the same time sympathize with my black comrades who have made an active decision not to post about what's happening with Israel and Palestine. So That is where I think I'm going to leave today's episode, but I urge you to kind of think deeper about this and realize that it's more nuanced than just silence is violence if you're not posting your complicit. It's, It's never that simple when it comes to black folks. It's never just like, yes, it's just never that simple when it comes to black folks. So That's what I'm going to say about that. Again, I would love it if y'all pre-order my book. By the time you listen to this episode, my book should be available on Amazon. I'm going to try to record it when midnight hits and the book is live. Um, But by the time you hear this, my book should be available on Amazon. Again, if you are in the New York City area on Thursday, October 26th, I would love it if you join me for my book release party. All the info is in the show notes. And with that, I will leave y'all also, last but not least, if you want a free copy of my book, free as in free 99, all you have to do is send me an email at thedirtydiversitypodcast at gmail.com and uh, let me know your name and your address, and I will send you a free copy of the book because my goal is to get the book in the hands of, of as many people as possible. I am not really like trying to be a millionaire off the book, right? (laughs) It would be cool if I was a millionaire off the book, but that's not my goal. So if you send me an email and the email address is, I just wanted to make sure I have the right email address because I feel like I don't do the best job of using this, this email, but I have it open now, so I'm gonna be checking it. But it's dirtydiversitypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The email address is also in the show notes. So if you want a free copy of my new book, Decentering Whiteness, shoot me an email, send me an email, rather. And um, I will send you a free copy. So thank you all so much for listening. I'm so excited to share this this really sort of monumental moment for me with the book releasing. And, um, yeah, I look forward to chatting with you all Very, very soon.